Welcome to the I-95 Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Hoffmeister, alongside Lewis Schaefer, as always. Lewis, how you doing, buddy? Good, Tim. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I got the number one team in the NFC East. Well, not even the NFC East, the NFC as a whole, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> coming off a win Thursday night, we're doing this podcast before uh, your Giants play, which is probably a good thing. Um, we don't want to. We don't want a sad, depressed Lewis. Um, yeah, no, that's you've, never a good thing. You've had just about a week to let it sink in that you are probably going for the number one pick at this point. So yeah. we figured yeah. we figured we'd get it in before you got depressed. So we're gonna. Have, I th- I'm feeling a good podcast because I'm high spirited, <laughs> and as of right now, you're high spirited too. Yes, high spirits <laughs> all around. Yeah, but um, so what do you, what do you make of the Giants? Like seriously, like I don't want to ruin your mood right away i know i'm sure i'm sure the game tonight will make your mood way worse but the fact that you got you got ben mcadoo slicked back hair talking about how you got a good team you got no receivers i mean come on what what are we doing here are we just saying let's just get the number one pick what's 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 gonna happen to eli are you just ready to move on from him because you get the number one pick there's gonna be top quarterbacks out there Eric Flowers, right? I mean, he's good for he's good for every other team. He's very great for every other team, except the Eagles. When we snap the ball, get rid of it within three seconds, and then there's, <laughs> there's no time for them to get the Eli. Um, but I mean, again, last year kind of righted everything and kept everybody's job safe, which I didn't like. Um, I felt there were still problems. Now. Jerry Reese is going to go. McAdoo's going to go. Um, you know, and, and like I said, the only good pick the team's made in the last, you know, since what? Eli, maybe? Is Odell. So, yeah, at least in the first round. Um, you calling your boy Eli Apple a bust? I know you're an Ohio State guy, too. Well, I mean, it's, it's too early to tell, but I mean, he can't, you know, he, again, had a good year last year. Sophomore slump maybe a little bit this year, but uh, we'll see down the line. It, it, too early to tell on him, but, like, you look down the line. Flowers, and there was Odell, then David Wilson, uh, Hakeem Nix. You kept him for all of four years. Um, Kenny Phillips. They 
just haven't, you know, you look at the teams that are successful, they continue to bring in rookies that are good and either excel in a role or excel overall. And aside from Odell, the Giants have not had that. Um, so, you know, go ahead. Go take the easy, easy way out. Go get yourself Saquon Barkley and then hope that he can run behind no offensive line, and then we'll all be shocked in a year when Saquon Barkley's struggling, but Eric Flowers is still playing left tackle. Yeah, I mean, since technically you drafted Rivers and traded for Manning, um, you didn't have a pick in 05, and then you went Kiwanuka 06, Aaron Ross 07, Kenny Phillips 08, Knicks, Pierre-Paul, Prince, that was, of Muc- that was an okay one. Yeah. Yeah. Prince of Mukamara, David Wilson, Justin Pugh, Who's been okay? He's been okay. Um, he hates Philadelphia, so screw him. Odell Beckham Jr., Eric Flowers, Eli Apple, and Evan Ingram. So, I mean, that's not the success you want to have. Um, let's see if I can find no, a... And it's, it's been covered up by getting some steals. Like, you look like Devin Kennard, what, fourth, fifth round, sixth round out of USC a couple of years back. Um, obviously, Victor Cruz picking him up undrafted. They've had their finds here and there but again a good team can can you know filter it down to a couple guys in the first round and take the guy that's best for their situation and like i said they either excel in a role you know kind of like vic beasley did last year kind of finding his role with atlanta and excelling in it or excelling overall um you know and again aside from Yeah, I mean, what has the Giants front office done in the first round where the talent should be? Exactly. I mean, you look at some teams, and you obviously want at least half to be successful, to be half to be what they should be. Um, And other than Eli, Pierre Paul, and Beckham, you don't really have first round talent. Like Justin Pugh, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not first round talent. He wouldn't. He you wouldn't look at him and go, "Oh, he was probably a first round pick." You're expecting a guy like like Mike Iapotti in his prime. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, he's fallen off since his 49er days, but he was at the top of the food chain at one time, like a Jahari Evans. That's what you're looking for in the first round, not a J- guy like Justin Pugh. Um, just to put it in perspective, I looked up the Eagles, and in 04, you have a guy, Sean Andrews, then you go Mike Patterson, Broderick Bunkley, 07-08, no picks, but then you go Macklin, Graham, Danny Watkins, there's a miss right there. Um, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Marcus Smith, another miss. Aguilar may not be a miss anymore. Wentz and Barnett. So, I mean, you see, like, half those guys were hits. Yeah. So that's where you get the difference, and I see what you're saying. But you really think all of a sudden McAdoo's out, or do you think McAdoo's out because of Reese probably being out? Um, Reese is definitely out. So that do you think, in turn, that's McAdoo's job as well, or do you think... Because the way I look at it is, if Reese is out, then I think you see a tank on the horizon for the Giants. I mean, I think you got a good, a great receiver, but I think you need O-line play. You need a running back. You need pieces on defense like a linebacker. And it might not be a full rebuild, but I think if they might bring in a guy that's saying, all right, I, I'm getting rid of Eli, I'm getting rid of Janoris Jenkins, I'm getting rid of, uh, what's his favorite, Quaro? And then you got to look at it and be like, okay, like, not a quarrel. It's not a quarrel, is it? 
That's the Notre Dame guy that plays for you. That's Romeo Quaro. Who's that? Uh, who's the the end you got? Vernon. Vernon. Just totally blank. That's how bad the Giants have been. I don't have to worry about who plays for them anymore. But I think you see guys like that going, and you see the defense being built around Landon Collins and Snacks, and then you see the offense being built around a guy like Beckham. I mean, you're not going. You're not going full Browns. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you may end up going somewhere around the Jets route. You know, I, I think you got to do at this point. I think it's just a one-year situation. Everything went wrong this year, and there's not too too much you could do to fix it at this point. You're owing owing everything. You got Denver. You got Seattle next week. Then you got L.A. and San Francisco, who hung with Washington. So who the hell knows at this point? Um, yeah, I, I think as far as long term, I think this may be a one-year situation. Um, again, everything took a bad turn at the same time. Um, you know, you go into next year, you still have Odell. You still have, you know, when he gets back, you still have Shepard. Um, if he heals up properly, you still have Marshall, unless they cut him. Uh, but you still you don't know, got, you still don't have an O line. Still don't have an O line. You still don't have linebackers. I mean, yeah. But, and you uh, still got to find Eli's replacement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. I think you can, in a draft like this, you look at it and there's. You know, yeah, there's Josh Allen and Sam Donald, but then you look and there could be a Lamar Jackson, there could be a Mayfield. I, that's why I'm saying I think it's a one-year tank situation um, because, you know, it's not going our way, just bottom out this year. Um, and, you know, I do. I, I genuinely think you can get your Barkley get your playmaker in the first round and then there will be quarterbacks available top of the second round and then start addressing the other needs and that's obviously I mean this this year has proven it the offensive line yeah I mean I think the tough thing is it's what are you going with you going running back you going you going quarterback then eventually place Manning or you going linebacker what you need or you going line and that's the thing I think there's too many there's too many choices. I think maybe if you move Eli for maybe a late-round pick. I think you move him for a late-round first pick. I think there's some teams out there that would give up a first-round pick for Eli. I really do. Um, first-rounder for Eli? Yeah, I mean, especially if you see a team like the Steelers, if Big Ben decides to retire. I, I was going to say, if Ben decides to hang it up, but then again... They're still they're still ready to win. So They're still ready to win, but there's other options. I mean, you got to take into account, you know... L.A. could decide they want to move on from Rivers. Um, you know, and obviously the opportunity presents itself. For, you know, obviously there's some teams with bad quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and a team like Jacksonville could be in play for Manning because of Coughlin. Who knows? But, you know, there are other options out there, and Eli has been so ineffective for his whole career in the regular season. I mean, you get him to the playoffs. That's yeah, but that's the, but like if you put him behind an offensive line and you give him receivers like Jacksonville, like Pittsburgh, if it's an opening, 
is a first-round pick really going to put you over the top to the Super Bowl? Or is a quarterback that you know can win a Super Bowl going to put you in that mix? Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, I mean, at the same time, it's... it's You know what you're getting in Eli. It's, it's one of those things. And this is such a such a deep quarterback class unless, you know, a bunch of them decide to go back to school that, you know, a team like Pittsburgh sitting, you know, in the 30s, late 20s of the first round, you can get Josh Rosen there. And granted, is he going to be what Ben gives you every year right away? No. But at least you're not digging yourself a hole where, okay, we didn't take a first round pick this year and you know, now we we don't have a quarterback because there's no one in this class. We were a playoff team, you know, in 2019, 2020, wherever. Um, you know, and, and if he gets to go, and now you've got Le'Veon Bell and you've got uh, Brown, and then your quarterback is Josh Dobbs. So. It's just the thing that I look at now, looking at the quarterbacks that come out of school now, in college offense, these pro-style offenses, they're just – they don't seem ready for the NFL. I mean, look at Jared Goff last year compared to this year. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's not a first-round pick. Maybe it's a couple. Maybe it's a third and a fourth or something like that. And then you take a quarterback that can sit behind them and then learn the system. But I just haven't seen quarterbacks come out, unless you change your offense like the Texans have. Yeah. There's not rookie quarterbacks coming in and playing lights out. I mean, they do that in their second year. I mean, yeah, very few quarterbacks. I'm trying to think recently. I mean, you have Watson now, but Watson has everything that you want. Yeah, he has a run game, an offensive line, and good receivers, and they're using exactly his offense at Clemson. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have guys. Wentz wasn't effective his first year. I mean, you have Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak. Yeah. But look at what he's been ever since he lost some of his offensive line play in his running game. So the way I look at it is, is it worth it to bring in a replacement that's older and then draft a guy you can see potential in later? I don't know. I just, it's it's iffy because a team like Jacksonville, I'm watching that game today, and you're thinking, literally, if they had a quarterback, they would be one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette literally is... Like he, I don't know what he did to his foot. Apparently he's okay. Returned to the game, but he's he what carried the ball like thirty something times, touched the ball forty something times. I mean, if you if you keep that up, you're not gonna have a running back any longer. And I know you they have Ivory too. They have Yeldon, but I mean I think you gotta take some pressure off him because the play action pass it's almost like it's not even effective even when they run the ball forty times because okay, I'm still going to play man-to-man, and even though you have good receivers, Bortles isn't, Bortles isn't going to hit him. Yeah. I saw one pass, Bortles had a wide-open guy, he stepped up in the pocket, and the ball got, when he was actually going to step up, the ball got stripped from his hand. Like, come on. Yeah. So that's the thing I look at, maybe a team like Jacksonville, maybe a team like Pittsburgh, because those teams are just need a quarterback to be competitive and be contenders. I mean, you saw Pittsburgh just did the Kansas City. So yeah. I think, because... The, the Chargers are weird. They want to keep a quarterback there that keeps fans kind of in the seats. I don't know if they want to go with a rebuild right after the move that's not going that successfully. And then you have a guy like Alex Smith. Are they getting rid of him? Are they not getting rid of him? They might only get rid of him if they get 
what they want for him, which I think would be almost recouping what they gave up to get Mahomes. Yeah. So I think your best option, cheapest option, uh, might be Eli Manning. So that's the way I feel on it. And if the Giants get an offer, I'd say go. Because you know what? The guys you're building around are still young enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's the one thing that has been kind of obvious to me over the last couple of years, that, you know, like Eli was, you know, 32, 31, 32, 33 when they drafted Beckham. And it was clear, like, okay, he's going to have Manning for half of his career and then someone else for the other half. Uh, and I and I do, I mean, Webb showed me something in the preseason, but I think if you can go, like I said, if you can go get, I don't want, unless Barkley go, you know, goes one, goes two, and the Giants just miss out on him. Uh, if he's there, I take Saquon Barkley. Because I think if you can, if you can get him and kind of do what the Rams did, which we're going to see what he has, um, you know, and then go out and, and use some free cap space to go get, you know, whatever our equivalent of signing an Andrew Whitworth would be. Um, you know, go out and do it to bolster the offensive line, you know, even if it's a year down the road. Um, you know, you get Barkley. He's the premier talent. Do it. And then, like I said, this class is deep enough where they may be tanking at the right time to go get, you know, like I said, a Rosen, a um, Mayfield, as much as I would love to see that. Um, as your boy, Baker Bayfield. Bayfield. Uh, yeah, but, but putting themselves in a position to be able to do that with how deep this quarterback class could potentially be. Um, and even if it's not as deep as it could be, then you rock with Manning for another year. Um, and, and then go from there and take a quarterback next year. Um, but I think if you can get the quarterback this year in the second round, do it. Um, because I think, like I said, I think Barkley is such a, as much as I hate Penn State, such a can't-miss talent um, that they need to do it. And especially with a team that, I mean, you have no running game because of the offensive line, but the fact that your backs are Wayne Gallman, Paul Perkins, and Orleans Darkwalk doesn't help it either. So what's your thoughts on if you end up with the, let's say you end up with the third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Are you going Barkley or are you trading down? If he's there, I take him. Okay, I just wasn't sure because what the way I look at it is, I mean if you could trade down and just keep getting more, more more, and more picks to fill more and more holes. I mean, I know it's a tough one because Barkley's going to be out there, but and you need, you've needed a running game. But I, for me personally, I think running backs, drafting running backs high, it's not the best scenario. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. You look at that, um, trying to get more picks, and you can keep adding. So, say... Yeah, I mean... I, I, I see your logic, but with if it were if it were a situation where it was one, let's say, and you know the Jets because they shockingly went three and thirteen, still want Donald. You have them losing out the rest of the year. <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know if if somehow you know 
they miss out on the first overall pick and Donald declares, but they want him, um, then I would do it. If the right situation presented itself to go get a future first from team um, for you know a top three, you know a one or a two or three, then I do it. But I wouldn't want the Giants to put themselves in a situation. I mean, Cleveland's bad, and Cleveland was able to do it because they're bad. But imagine had Cleveland gone and pulled that Deshaun Watson trade with Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville just admitted that Bortles sucked. Um, you know, then they have, then they really hit on something. Because they're going to have their pick, which would be, you know, top two, top three. And then Jacksonville's, which is almost guaranteed to be top ten. Um, you know, and then you look at what they actually did, the Texans. I mean, they've won the division for, what, three years in a row without having a quarterback. And now it looks like they have one. So, you know, granted, first-round picks are always nice to have if you can have multiple of them. But, you know, like I said, Barkley is such a can't-miss talent for me that unless I can get a team that is nearly guaranteed to be in the top 10 the next year to give up their first, then I don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there. But um, let's stop... Let's stop talking about what what could be what ifs for a very sad winless team. Let's talk about the best team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I'm on board. I love it. Um, I know I was I've been Doug Peterson's like biggest critic for the longest time, and I still am cautious about him. Um, I still try and find things, but I mean he's he's just really impressing me. Him and Wentz. Just the third down play calling, the third down execution, um, the running game, the offensive line. I mean, pro football focus. Everyone cannot stand pro football focus, and they come out and say the Eagles are the best offensive line. All of a sudden, you're thinking, all right, Dallas is better, Oakland's better, and then they come out, and they they have a pretty good game against Washington. You're thinking, all right, well, it's only Washington, and then Washington goes and just wrecks Oakland's offensive line. And all of a sudden, the two best tackles in the entire league are Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. And we're winning games against a really good Panthers team with Halapoli Vitae. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's crazy. I mean, it seems like everything's going right. Injuries haven't been too serious. I mean, you lost Darren Sproles, which it sucks because Darren Sproles is a great guy, great person. He hates to see him go down, but we're able to fill that spot. Um, so as of right now, I'm... I'm sitting pretty, and I really like where the Eagles are at. Um, I mean, you have to say they're the best team in the NFC because looking at what happened to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay now and then the fact that the Falcons have not been impressive at all this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you're you're probably not happy about that, but you know what? Eagles are back, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it pains me to say this, but I, you guys look good. You guys look good. You know, and, it, and it's almost like, you know, Jeffrey's finally kicking in, uh, finally not going against the premier corner. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, 5-1, and one, granted, I mean, you played Washington and the Giants, but you did knock off Carolina. You hung around with KC. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it's going to be interesting. And the NFC's been in a spot where kind of the last couple of years, Carolina came out of nowhere, then Atlanta came out of nowhere. I'm vomiting in my mouth saying this, but maybe this is the year that Philly comes out of nowhere and makes a run. Uh, I mean, I would love it. I mean, obviously we have some question marks. Alshon and Carson still don't really aren't, aren't on the same page, um, but Ertz, the connection with Ertz looks great. Um, I mean, our secondary is only going to get healthier. Pass rush looks good. Um, we hope Hicks, with his ankle injury, I hope he can get back, not miss any games. I would love to get more depth. Um, I think that's our overall issue is just depth as a whole. I think Mac Hollins has looked good, though. I mean, it's really depth overall. I think D-line has great depth. I think our running backs are pretty good. I think Clement working him in's good. I think you'll eventually see um, probably Barner will stick around, and he's been getting more carries, and he's looked pretty decent. Um, so I don't mind it there. It's just defense because you saw when we had to play Maragos, and that wasn't the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But, I mean, I think our corners will get back, and I think it'll help overall. But I just I really like it. Just depth scares me. But other than that, I think they're 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 poised to make a run. I mean, you see some teams that will give us problems. I still think, even though Detroit got blown out by New Orleans, they do have some defensive injuries. I do think they can be a good team um, to see what New Orleans can be because that division's up for grabs. Just because Panthers lost, and I still think they're the favorite in there. But I mean, the Buccaneers don't look good. I'm trying to think, you got in the North. They'll probably have the Vikings. Or the Lions, Vikings don't seem like... They have a great defense, but they don't seem like they have a quarterback now. It seems like the knee injury for Sam Bradford could be career-ending injury, which I saw today. Um, so, really? I mean, yeah. I saw saw an article about that. That's what it seems... It's early indications say it may be career-ending. So, they might be sticking with Case Keenum the rest of the year. So, I mean, a lot of these teams... It's, it's iffy because Washington... They've kind of seems like they've played down to opponents. Lost Norman and Rashad Breland. Are they just? Are they even going to make the playoffs? Dallas? Are they going to make the playoffs? So there's a lot of question marks. Um, because you see a team like Arizona get crushed by the Eagles, and then, I mean, they ended up winning that game. It ended up being a close game against the Buccaneers, but they were blowing them out, thirty-one nothing for a certain amount of time. So. Yeah, I was just about to say they look they look good this week with uh, AP coming in there. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks in a lot of divisions, and the only thing that seems to be consistent week to week is the Eagles playing well, and they've yeah. been lucky enough to win five of six. I just yeah, definitely. I mean, and and let's think, you guys have the receiving core now. You have the run game. It's gonna be interesting. Oh yeah, no. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm trying to be cautious about it because I don't want to get too hyped because you don't want to end up like Birch. No, I mean, I saw that Facebook. Did you see that Facebook status where he mentioned both of us waiting for us to. Oh, he put out the Eagles are like they they have to be this favorite to go to the Super Bowl, and he was like, oh, like I'm waiting for Lewis and Lewis Schaefer and Tim Hoffmeister to tell me that I'm wrong, and that's what I don't want to. I like I'm I'm enjoying the success currently, but I don't, I don't, don't want to get to that point right away because there's still a lot of the season to, to go. Just trying to trust the process. Yeah, and the and the cream will rise to the top in the NFC. So I believe if we're meant to be there, we'll stay there, and I think we are meant to be there. I think we're a very good team, but. You see teams that really turn it on towards the end. I mean, Seattle, it seems like every season they struggle in the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers' injury, they probably won't bounce back. But you see a team like maybe 
like the, maybe the Lions catch fire or something. Like there's still a lot to play. So I want to not jump out and be like we're the team to beat because we haven't we haven't been that team yet. There's still a lot of teams that you have to prove that you're better than. You have to prove that you can knock them off because Seattle's a proven winner and it's just I'm I'm hesitant, but I like what's happening right now. Yeah, definitely. I think I mean, I'm pulling up your guys' schedule now. Um I mean I mean, I, I do. I think it's that Denver game in the beginning of November. And then in Seattle at the beginning of December. I think, I mean, you guys, you have Washington in two weeks. You have the Pilots Week. Um, wait now. Is it a Pilots Week? Are yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a bye next Sunday. Bye and then, and then the Redskins. So it's the Redskins, no Josh Norman, fine. San Francisco, that's a win. Uh, Like I said, Denver will be the tough one. That's in the link. Um, If you guys keep this up, I'd give that game to Dallas. Zeke is out. Uh, Trubitsky the next week. And then going into Seattle. I mean, and like you said, that's when they really start to turn it on is that like late November. December, they, t- they turn it on and get hot for the playoffs. So that's one that's going to be interesting for me. I mean, that might be that might be the game where it stands out. And, and if the Eagles can go up there and, and knock them off, then then we're on for something serious. Then then I might get on board with Birch. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. I mean, I think the Washington game is going to be a tough game because it's a division game. When you play Dallas, it'll be a tough game. I'm not sure what's going on with the Elliott suspension. I'm not sure if he's still eligible or not. I keep seeing conflicting reports. Um, all this law stuff is confusing. Yeah, it's all confusing. Yeah, this. I mean, I got like a B minus in sport law. Maybe a, I forget. Maybe it might have been like a C plus or something. Maybe we should tweet Brown and ask her what seeks. I think we should have. We, we should just have her on the podcast one one week, and she can explain it to us all. She can explain suspension. Yeah, and then we'll be like, all right, thanks. Like, that'll take up a little, just so we can understand it. But, I mean, the fact of just looking at these teams, I think Denver's going to be a close game because they don't have an offense, but they have a great defense, and I think we're above average on both sides of the ball. So I think that it'll even out. It's just, it'll definitely be interesting the rest of the season. And um, I think as long as we can, I'm not looking to be like, go like 5-1 and one the next half of the year, or whatever, like, have one loss the rest of the year or whatever. I just hope we can make the playoffs if we get... I, I think we have a possibility of being a one seed, but I just hope we get out healthy. Because Lane Johnson injury, you saw what that can do. That scares me. If Peters goes down, that scares me. Um, even on the inside, guards and centers, because you saw what Warmack and Salamalu have done. And then you see like a guy like Hicks. If he goes down, I think Nacha Good is a decent player. I think he can fill that role relatively good. I think they'll play a lot more nickel and dime if Hicks does actually go down or linebacker goes down. I'm going to see a lot more Corey Graham or Jenkins in the box. Um, but I think just that, just injuries as a whole, if you can end the season, if even if you end the season like 11-5 and five or 10-6, and six, but you get out injury-free or you're healthy in the postseason, I still think you can make a run. So I'm not worried about going like 
Everyone, I'm sure everyone's, well, 14 and 2, 13 and 3, we can do it. I mean, I'm not worried about that as much as I would. I just hope you, you play well, you stay healthy. That's all that matters, as long as it's consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Play well, stay healthy. And I, I mean, I'd say if you guys can get a first round by, it's nothing but help. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm up with you, even when you know the Giants last year were good. Um, you know, obviously we had Dallas in front of us, beating everybody but us. But you know, it was always you know, okay, if we could just get there and be healthy, it's fine. You know, I don't need to be fourteen and two, thirteen and three. Just get there, and then we'll see. And especially, it's a younger team. You know, it. it, it When's his first experience in the playoffs? Get him as much exposure to it as possible. Just, like you said, just get there and be healthy. Yeah, and obviously, like, first round by home field advantage would be amazing, and I would love to get it. But my main two goals are just get there and stay healthy. That's... I would love to see a Super Bowl of Doug Peterson and Andy Reid just for poor clock management. I, uh, yeah, I mean, the actually, both clock managements have been pretty well this year, which is kind of sad. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I saw today that I couldn't believe, the Jacksonville Jaguars down 10 with a minute 30 to go, kicked a field goal on second down, a 53-yard field goal on second down, and missed it. I mean, that blows my mind. You can't. I mean, I mean, I don't even know. I don't understand it. But anyway, um... It is what it is, I guess. But uh, a couple other teams that we are fans of. I mean, obviously you said young team. That applies to the Flyers, so let's talk about hockey. It just started. Um, Philadelphia Flyers, they have looked good. They've looked quick. Um, they're a very young team on defense and on offense. They've scored a ton of goals. They just beat the Capitals last night 8-2. to um, Defense is going to be our biggest issue. Um, I think they can, make, they can make the playoffs. I think it'll be close. A lot of good teams in the East. Um, but I mean, I think mostly it's just saying, Hey, let's get these young kids playing. I think you'll see a big youth movement throughout the year. And, but playoffs is just a bonus. I don't think it's expected. Um, that's really all I have to say about the flyers because it's still early, but I mean, you have a youth movement of just young kids. It's fun to watch and the defense is bad as of right now. So especially with Andrew McDonald back there, how, uh, how do your Rangers look? Not good. Uh, it's perfect. I haven't even I haven't kept up with anyone but the Flyers this year because it's in that weird part where we're postseason baseball, NFL, yeah. uh, NBA is about to start, and you're just like I can't keep up with everything. So I haven't even checked with the Rangers, but that's great news for me. Yeah, no, see, this, this is like I'm like the inverse. Like I'll pay attention to hockey a little bit now because my team isn't in the playoffs. Obviously, last two years didn't really pay attention to the Rangers because I was depressed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this year I've kind of been watching a little just to see here and there. Uh, because you're right, when basketball season starts, I'm locked into basketball. I mean, you may not want to be this year, to be honest. I already got my Thunder jersey. I'm fine. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, they're two and, two and six right now. Uh, Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Last night, 
to Jersey three to two. Like Jersey's awful. Come on, we can't be doing that. Um, you know. But again, for me, like this just makes it easier because I know they're not doing well, so I don't have to pay attention to what they're doing. So. <laughs> All right, that's our that's our that's the best hockey take we could come up with. Hot takes on ice. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that brings us into like our wheelhouse, um, the NBA. As we talked last week, we gave a season preview. Um, there's not really much more to say other than the Embiid extension. It's super exciting. He's not actually hurt. He's playing basketball again. He looks amazing. He's just the best on Instagram. He actually posted... He that extension by himself a headband. Yeah, that headband was fire. Um, but the fact that he goes in 15 minutes... Scores 22 points, looks amazing, and then he then the next game he plays the Heat, and then he beats up on Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside's fouling him because he can't cover him, and then Embiid posts on Instagram a picture of him, and says, "Great to be back out there. Can't wait for the regular season," and says, "By the way, my location is extremely ass, and his location was Hassan Whiteside." <laughs> I mean, he has everything you want in a star and the face of your franchise. He yeah. is great at basketball. He's hilarious. I mean, like, he's one, like, he never has a dull moment. Even when he's on the bench, even when he's on Instagram or Twitter. I mean, this guy is great. He's, he's, at, he's at Eagles games. He's at Flyers games. I mean, he is everything you want for a star. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, at least, like, the fact that he actually has a personality, unlike your boy Chris Stapps, uh. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you look at it, and uh, Philadelphia has the better basketball star. Easily. I mean, who's the face of your franchise? Who's going to speak for your franchise? Is it going to be Chris Stapps, or is it going to be whoever you drafted first round? What's the point guy's name? Nilla Keenan? Yeah, I mean, they could have a podcast where one speaking French, one speaking Latvian. I mean, who's the face of your franchise? Who's the face of your, like, rebuild? I mean, hell, we had Tony Woten. I don't know. Tim Hardaway Jr.? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> man. The Knicks just aren't aren't tanking right. No, not at all. You gotta get, you gotta get names in there that, I mean, at least bring back, like, Jeremy Lin or something. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope there's a guy that rises to the top for you. I mean, when we started our rebuild, we didn't expect Tony Woten to be what Tony Woten was, but he was the savior. He was the start of the process. See, that's the thing. I have my pick for the next uh, TJ. And the next TJ. There ain't going to be no next TJ because TJ's a no, bona fide... the next TJ. Oh, the next... I was going to say the next TJ. I was like, TJ's a bona fide Hall of Famer and one of a kind. I was like, <laughs> you, I was like you, can't, you can't carbon copy him. Ron Baker. First off, TJ was undrafted. Ron Baker wasn't. So he can't already be the next TJ. Ron Baker's a scrub. <laughs> Listen, man, I trust the process, okay? You get on me. Like I'm like I'm still a diehard Knicks fan. Fuck the Knicks. I'm over it. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm just saying, where's the loyalty? That's all. That's why I bought the Oklahoma City jersey. 
Yeah, I mean, the Knicks are just going to be bad. I don't expect to really... I don't expect a rebuild to even help them, I think, because you have a guy like James Dolan at the helm. I mean, even... Even the Sixers' ownership wasn't that great. What happened? We trade the owner for a second round pick. Yeah, really. I would trade him for a bag of basket, flat basketballs. But I mean, if you got an owner like James Dolan, and then you have even that owners that aren't even that great, like the Sixers' owners, Scott O'Neill. I mean, they were able, they were able to even get a guy in that was able to fix the franchise but a guy like James Dolan man I don't know what he's ever thinking I think maybe a little bipolar um I think he's I think he's basically an alcoholic not too sure about that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he is but I mean he's it seems like every time he's getting into trouble he always has some alcohol in his hand yeah I mean seriously I mean that's some of the decisions he makes too uh, I mean that's a great excuse if they are induced by alcohol, because some of them are just good out. Yeah, it is definitely a good out. But I mean, man, like, it's just I think he until he sells a team, I think you guys are the equivalent of the the Marlins, the basketball equivalent of the Marlins. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I agree. He's your Jeffrey Loria, and until you get rid of him, I mean, yeah, you you may get a stinker of an owner that drafts him or. Comes in after him like Derek Jeter because he's not a fan favorite yet so far in Miami. He's been there for, what, 10 days? Yeah. But, I mean, even if you get a guy that at least will try, but Dolan just doesn't seem to even know what what he wants to do. It's just a weird scenario, but, I mean, that Dolan makes... Dolan just enjoys collecting checks off the brand. Yeah, I mean... It's... It doesn't matter if the team does well. People watch the Knicks because they're the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, that's a very valid point. I mean, you still got Spike Lee coming to your games or no? Yep. Oh, well, that's good. I think he should just buy the team at this point. I think Knicks fans would rather him. I think that's your... I think Knicks fans would rather Amari Stoudemire said buy the team. I think Spike Lee buying the team is your best bet. I think he actually knows what he's doing. And I think he... It's. I think <laughs> it would be such a change for an owner to care too much. For the Knicks, I mean, what that would go hot to cold, real or cold to hot, real quick. Total change of scenery if the owner comes in and cares way too much instead of not caring at all. Yeah. I mean, th- think about it. Spike Lee's not getting into a fight with Charles yeah. Oakley. I mean, come on, let's be honest. No, but I think Spike Lee would bring kind of like that Mark Cuban kind of look to the Knicks. Oh, I, I mean, enjoy that. that's that's great for the NBA. Another Mark Cuban as an owner or Mark Cuban type. Ah, I think Mark Cuban's one of the probably the best owner in the NBA. Oh yeah. So, but um, let's see. We'll get off some basketball. We'll talk more as we get into the season. Embiid's still the second coming of Jesus Christ, according to T.J. McConnell, and I back him up on that. Yes, that was that um, was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the Sixers news recently. Fultz coming off the bench. Um, he really didn't play in the preseason. He was he's kind of coming back from a little bit of an injury, so I just don't think Brett Brown feels that you have to rush him right away. And I think I'm not looking too much into the move, so I don't really have much. Have a God yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about that because so what if a, if the rookie comes off the bench? I mean, it is what it is. I think he'll be fine in the long haul, but it's just part of it's him coexisting with Simmons, which is going to be tough because he doesn't really play off the ball as much as he will be. So, I think he'll be fine though. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, so obviously, Phillies and Mets were diehard fans, which is why we do this podcast, I ninety five sports podcast. But <laughs> they're they're not good, so they're not in the playoffs. So, not at all. so, what do diehard fans do other than latch on to just memories, fond or not, but players and coaches that we've known that are in the playoffs currently? Um, so, of course, Chase Utley, the Silver Fox himself, playing for the Dodgers. He's on the NLCS roster, and he eliminated my my pick, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I thought were the bona fide favorites to win the World Series, and I lost my pretty penny. Because they got swept, but I'm so um so on board with the Los Angeles Dodgers right now because I got the Silver Fox playing right there. Um, now let them let them win. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I have, I'm on board with the Dodgers too. Um, you know, you look at it. Red turn to Justin Turner, former Met, from former really bad. And that late 2010, 2011, that. Um, so I, I enjoy watching the Dodgers. I hope they make a run because, quite frankly, I still can't stand the Cubs. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else is out there. I mean, you got your boy, you got your boy Carlos Beltran with the Houston Astros, Carlos and Beltran. we got we got Hundred Miles Giles with the Astros. So I wouldn't, I'd be all for an Astros. Yeah, I'd be all for an Astros, uh, Philly or Astros, not Phillies, Astros Dodgers World Series. Get Hundred Miles Giles, Chase Utley. I mean, of course, I'd want to see Utley get the other ring, another ring more so than Giles, because Giles we traded him when he was young. Utley had the, he was just hitting the end of his career, and we knew we could still get something for him. So, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think we have anybody on the Yankees. We have a point. Luis Sessa was. Um, I'm trying to think. No one on the Cubs because we don't negotiate with them. But yeah, I mean, I, I also wouldn't mind a Dodgers uh, Astros World Series because they're both so fun to watch. Like I've been, you know, paying attention to the playoffs, obviously, and they look so much better. Like they look so, you know, Houston looked so much better than Boston. L.A., obviously, as much as we are behind them, looked so much better than Arizona. Um, and, you know, they, they're doing it again. They look significantly, Houston looks significantly better than the Yankees. And, you know, obviously it's one game. But, and I think they're playing right now. They might have just started. Um, but L.A., you know, they finally have that resilience that playoff that good playoff teams have you know obviously like when we faced the Royals two years ago like no lead was ever safe and Alex Gordon proved that to Familia oh uh, still one of the best postseason home runs I've ever seen that and the Matt Stairs one off of Jonathan Broxton two of the best ones I've ever seen I'll pick, I'll pick the Matt Stairs one <laughs> <laughs> They were down two nothing in Chicago. They come back, score five runs late in the game. They have that resilience that good playoff teams have now, and they're fun to watch because you know normally the Dodgers they did that. They're down by two runs early. Like, okay, they're dead. They blew a Kershaw start, 
and they came back and won the game. So I love the resurgence of Yasiel Puig. I think it's yes, great. I love Ugh. I mean, Yasiel Puig is bat flipping on singles, doubles. I hope he bat flips on strikeouts from now on and walks. I love it. I think I think he's making the game so much more fun. I think that's what needs to happen. Um, you know what the problem with baseball is? It's not, it's not too many strikeouts. It's not pace of game. It's not the length of games. It's just these... It's just become, oh, the integrity of the game. If you bat flip, we hit you. You know what? No. You know what? Have some fun. When a pitcher comes off and he strikes out the side or he comes in for one batter where the bases loaded to strikes him out, you know what? I hope you yell. Get excited. I mean, this is this is what baseball is. It's supposed to be fun. And I think it's become almost a... a it's become boring. But I think if you get, if you get more of this... Fun bat flipping, which is why I can't stand when people are talking about Odubel. Oh, he bat flips on flyouts. I mean, the dude's just playing the game he loves. I mean, think about it. You play, you play sports because you love them until you're until you're if you're lucky enough to be professional. If you're skilled enough, I shouldn't say lucky enough because they worked hard. If you're skilled enough to be a professional athlete. So why do now do you have to stop and have fun? I mean, look at the NFL celebrations. Why do you have to stop having fun all of a sudden? And that's the thing I don't like with these professional sports is that it seems like the higher ups, the owners, the commissioners, they thinking, okay, well we're not, we don't want them to have fun, or even in baseball with the unwritten rules, like let let the boys play, you know, let the kids have fun. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And seeing like, I mean, what is the the best postseason memory of recent history? Was the Jose Bautista bat flip against the Rangers? That was. Electric. That was amazing. So much fun to watch. Why can't we? Yeah. Why can't we just bring that in the regular season? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm I mean, a, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Make baseball fun again. Make baseball fun again. That could be a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, if you want to buy it, well, I95 Sports Podcast will make it for you. <laughs> so, um. But I mean, other than that, just cheering for former former players that that uh, used to play for obviously for you the Mets for us for me the Phillies us I'm saying I mean I'm sure there's Phillies people that listen to the podcast um, yeah. I'm sure like J P Crawford's listening to the podcast oh yeah definitely but um, oh yeah definitely Dusty Wathen I I get I send him the link don't worry <laughs> but I mean you look at it I mean that's what we have to hold on to especially when. Our teams are rebuilding, so. But other than that, uh, you got anything else, Lewis? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll mention uh, the stuff we've going on right now. Uh, so we are on the website Patreon. Uh, just looking to help out, get our get our podcast, you know, going, you know, quick, get it growing quicker than it is right now. Um, yeah, if you want to donate, the link, well, you can go to patreon.com, and then it's I-95 Sports Podcast. You'll find us. It's the logo that's on everything. Uh, all about branding here. Um, and then also, we have t-shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash I-95 Sports Podcast, it'll pull it up. We got t-shirts, got coffee mugs for hot coffee, not cold coffee. No, we don't. We don't like cold coffee here at I-94 Sports Podcast. I mean, one of our hosts supports iced coffee, but we had a vote, and hot coffee did win. Hot, hot 
cases. We're going to be coming out with more designs. I know I'm working on something now since we're getting into, you know, like Heisman consideration season. So we're going to have a bunch of new t-shirts trying to get that going as well. So definitely, definitely give us a look up on the podcast. Yeah, and of course, um, we'll tweet out that link and everything like that. And um, obviously, we're looking for sponsors as well. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, let us know. I've actually put out a couple um, emails to a couple people. We got a couple interested people back so but we're not gonna mention anything until it's official or anything like that but we're excited where this podcast is headed um i mean seriously we could only have gone up so (laughs) we're like we're sitting there like the 10 and 72 76ers like the almost 100 lost philadelphia phillies it can only go up from here and uh we're i think we're going pretty quickly yeah i mean if you look at our subscribers from where we were to where we are now um, both on YouTube, iTunes, and then our views on um, SoundCloud. Um, we are growing very quickly, and we can only thank the listeners for that. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, we'll tweet out all that stuff, and we would love your help. And I think if we are able to get a little help from you guys, and that you're already helping us enough, um, I think this podcast can really knows no bounds. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, well, that'll wrap us up. That'll wrap us up for the I-95 Sports Podcast. Um, the game just started. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be over. Let's just assume Giants loss. Um, probably, yeah. I mean, if the Giants do win, it probably ruins a lot of people in their suicide pool. So, yes. it's. <laughs> I'm sure some Giants fans even picked against the Giants. So, But thanks for listening, um, and that'll wrap us up. All right, have a good one.